Hi, friends. I'm Stephanie Leedy, Director of Children's and Family Ministries at Stonebridge Community Church, and this is Stonebridge Parents. The Stonebridge Parents podcast is dedicated to having real, honest conversations with members of our community. We have some amazing episodes, moments, and parenting insights for you to hear. Welcome to Stonebridge Parents podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Stonebridge Parents. Um, We are excited to be back for season two, and our first guest is our youth director, Ryan Jocelyn. Welcome, Ryan. Hello. Thanks, Stephanie. Yeah, happy to have you here. Um, Why don't we start off with you just telling us a little bit about yourself? Yeah, of course. Uh, Yeah, my name is Ryan Jocelyn. I am the director of Youth and Families at Stonebridge Community Church. I grew up in Simi Valley. Um, I graduated from Simi High in 2012. Go but, Pioneers. Go Pioneers. <laughs> and uh, after that, I attended uh, a community college called College of the Canyons in Santa Clarita for two years. And then I transferred to Cal Poly San Luis Obispo. And then the last three years, I've been do- finishing up grad school and graduated from uh, Yale Divinity School at Yale University with my master's in divinity program. And I'm midway through and continuing on the ordination track for the Presbyterian Church, PCUSA, which is the denomination of Stonebridge, which not everyone knows that. Yeah, but, it's uh, true. Good, good, good to get the word out. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And uh, you've got a lovely wife, Sarah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we were married in 2018 on New Year's Eve. Awesome. And uh, so it's been three years. And uh, she, this is her first time living in Southern California, but we've been enjoying being back uh, and adjusting and getting seeing seeing our old friends and people we know and love yeah. and uh we've adopted two cats Ooh, uh, what are their names named artemis and nyx both uh greek goddesses um and they're super fun that's and it's awesome. been a really good time love it how fun what about a fun fact about yourself yeah i you know i was you asked me to think about a fun fact, and I was thinking, I was like, uh, you know, there's not a lot that I can. Oh, yes, there <laughs> but, is. But then I was thinking, my, I was like, my newest hobby and my oldest hobby. I was oh, like, that great. would be kind of fun. You yeah. get like two different ideas of where I've been in life. And uh, my newest hobby is rock climbing, and I've been uh, been sh- been shown the ropes by <laughs> Pastor Jonathan at Stonebridge, and it's been a lot of fun nice. uh, going out. And um, my oldest hobby would be baseball. Okay. Um, playing it, having fun, but now it's now it's watching it and obsessing over it. Sure, and you must be relieved. My family that the season is starting up yes. after a lockout for a few relieved weeks. Glad we're started. Um, <laughs> hoping the Dodgers can fill out a couple holes in the roster before the season starts. All right, well, go Dodgers. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, you've been at Stonebridge for five months now. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you love about Stonebridge and our community? Yeah, you know, it's been really great kind of coming back to Simi Valley um, and getting to be plugged in with the community that I, I know about and feel like I grew up in many ways. Even though I didn't grow up in Stonebridge, I can just feel like I know what Simi Valley is like. Um, but something I've really come to love about Stonebridge specifically has just been the emphasis on serving that we have at this church. Um, I really think the call of a Christian is to serve and to be in our community. And I love that that's one of the pillars of our church. Like that's one of our core principles. Um, and seeing that throughout the church, whether it's helping out on a weekly basis with worship or the emphasis that I see in many of our um, congregation members' lives that they want mm-hmm. to serve, they see that as valuable. That's been really exciting to me because I just, I think as a youth director, that's the kind of mentality and um, 
worldview that I want students to see that there's a there's as a community we're meant to work together and grow together mm-hmm. and um, as Christians that is influenced by the teachings of Christ and so to already come into a place where that's just foundational uh, has been very sort of smooth and sort of like we all kind of sit in that wavelength and know okay yeah like this is what one of the things we need to focus on and make sure it's a part of our lives and I really love that yeah and coupled with that is this community has been incredibly kind to Mm -hmm. me so far it's been really great and Sarah too just the getting to know people having people introduce themselves and be friendly um, and not feeling you know like an outsider even though it's only been here for a little bit yeah Uh, it's been really nice Um, including and especially like the students and families like they're just I can never, couldn't have asked for just a better uh, group of students to get to work with. And so um, I, the kindness is something that should not be undervalued and should yeah. be excited about and, um, and talked about. So I'm very pleased and I very, very much love how kind uh, Stonebridge has been so far. So speaking of our youth, um, what would you say are the challenges facing our youth right now? Are you thinking like across the globe or in our community? Let's start with our community and then we'll move on to the globe. Sure. You know, I've only been in this in this role for about five months, like we just, sure. we just sort of covered. So I still think I'm getting a sense of what are Simi Valley youth kind of going through. But I think I, I see so much in my own upbringing in many ways. You know, I'm only like, I'm only, I'm 10 years older than these kids. Uh, there's still... There still seems to be a lot of the similar sort of struggles that, like, I was going through in high school. Some of those, I think, are things like just a classic high school experiences. Like, who am I? What kind of person do I want to be? Mm-hmm. How do I fit into the world? How do I make sense of the world? Um, and I see students sort of grappling with this, especially when it comes to understanding their faith as well, is how do they see themselves in relationship to their peers and, and to what they see in the news, what do they see online? Um, and I still think that question of identity is is chief amongst the challenges that students face because I think it's it's a hard thing to kind of know who you are. And mm-hmm. we all went through it in high school and junior high. Um, and I think we all kind of come to that answer over time. And I think in many ways it's a lifelong question, but it doesn't feel like that when you're in high school, middle school, it feels like you need to know who you are, right? right? Even like the pressure of getting into like, you know, moving to college and you have to have a major that's going to gonna determine yeah. your job for the rest of life. Like what a stressful thing to ask an 18-year-old. How are you supposed to know? Right. Yeah. It, it, just, it just doesn't seem to be like a fruitful exercise <laughs> in many ways. <laughs> so I think in, I see that in our students, like they're just grappling with who they are and trying mm-hmm. to make sense of that. And, um, and in many ways, I think, it's a challenge, but it's a beautiful challenge. Like that's such an important part of life, and I think it's honestly a privilege on my end to be able to be someone in their lives to help them become the person they are already. Yeah. Um, so I think that's one thing that I see in our in our own community. But I think also, you know, Simi Valley is, is sort of this hybrid small big town, mm-hmm. right? It, it's got a, over a hundred thousand residents, but. It also, you can, like, walk across the street without a crosswalk, and no one really cares that much. Right. Um, so it's interesting how we have this small-town energy, and yet we're in one of the largest metropolitan areas in the world with Los mm-hmm. Angeles. And I think growing up, I maybe just did, didn't understand, like, how big the world was. And I think that can be a challenge for youth growing up in in communities like Simi Valley. Not It's not just a Simi Valley problem, but... 
it's communities like this where we can be kind of sheltered here. We can kind of be closed off to the rest of the world. And I definitely felt that when I moved away. And I was like, oh my goodness, there's a much bigger world. There's like people all over the place with all different ideas and cultures and really cool um, just people to meet. Mm -hmm. And so I think a challenge is to not see Simi Valley as the only way the world exists. Sure. Um, and, but that's hard when you're in high school. Your world is only so big. Yeah. Um, and I think I think that's something that parents really could help with their students sort of grow into. It's like well, expose them to things that are just not just Simi Valley, not just the soccer and baseball field every Saturday, um, but taking kids to museums or introducing them to um, just new ideas. It's a really exciting thing that I think just we don't we're not aware of when we just grow up. Right. It's just the water we swim in. Right. Kind of thing. Right. That's really interesting. What would you say um, globally are some of the challenges of this generation? Yeah, I think that's a really good question. And it's really sort of, I'm not an expert in sort of sure. <laughs> youth crises <laughs> happening across the world. Um, but just from an outside looking in and also being a younger person myself, I do think this past five, seven years, mm -hmm. this world has shown its fragility and its precariousness. And that affects high schoolers and middle schoolers. Like they're aware of it. Right. I think we see students with a lot more mental stress. Um, and it's part of it, I think, is because there is just so much to be aware of. Um, I mean, even drawing on my own experience, like 10 years ago, there was a lot to be aware of, but it just what didn't feel this constant sort of problems in everyone's faces mm. that we have to solve both globally and communally. Like whether it's the pandemic we've been working through for the last two years with the threat of climate change or even with high school, like this, the threat of school shootings or right. um, and just the, the ubiquitousness of online worlds and sort of images that the kids sort of find comparisons to. And, and we already know there's been a report that came out that the, there's a mental health crisis across adults in the mm -hmm. U.S. And it's no stretch of the imagination to think that men mental health crisis is also across our youth in the right. U.S. And I think there's because it's just a lot to deal with. And I think part of my hope in youth ministry is to help students gain skills of resilience, coping mechanisms that just help students work through and and process all this information because otherwise it just builds up. And right. it becomes this big old uh, mountain out. And, and there are real problems, not to say these aren't like molehill problems. Like they are real things that affect us as a globe. But I think it can be, it can feel really easy for just the weight of the world to fall on a high schooler's shoulders. Sure. Um, and so I think one thing that the church can provide, that youth ministry can provide, is a place where students not only find a space where they can relax and be themselves, even with all these things going on, but also be given tools of, of how to be resilient in the face of these things, how to process these things in a healthy way. Um, alongside also great professional mental health tools like therapy. <laughs> I right. think those are great things too. <laughs> yeah. uh, I think the, that's kind of what I see in our students. Um, and just, again, being just five months into this job, what I, what I can pick up on. Right. So if there was a parent who saw that their youth was struggling with anxiety or feeling, you know, depressed or anything like that, um, you mentioned tools to help them. Besides therapy, what are some of the things that parents can do to 
help their child who might be struggling with these big questions. Right. Yeah. Well, I would absolutely would recommend number one therapy. Sure. <laughs> I think a professional helping with mental health is is exactly what most most folks need. Mm-hmm. Um, but from a spiritual perspective, I think there's a courage that comes with facing every day. That mm-hmm. every single day you get up, um, that isn't a courageous step towards being in this world. And that can be really tough. And I think sometimes we have to celebrate those little wins in the sense that like there's just this gift of life, this gift of breath in this day, like allows me to be courageous in taking on these these problems that are, are in front of me. And so I think parents working with student, students in a way to shape their worldview around the gifts that they do have and mm. the problems they can control and recognize they are already dealing and processing things that right. are tough. Um, and that I also, in addition to that, I think a lot of parents should just tell the truth to their students, um, mm-hmm. whether it's just the truth about any question they ask when that feels yeah. <laughs> hard or difficult to answer or maybe uncomfortable to answer. It's it's just important that students have that relationship with their parents that they, they can trust. They know if they ask a question, they'll get the truth from their parents and not like this sort of, you know, I don't, yeah, sugarcoated or sure. even like make up an answer. I think mm-hmm. one of the best gifts someone can give to someone else is to say, I don't know, let's find out together. Hmm. Um, and I think parents going alongside the journey of their kid's life is one of the best gifts they can give to their kids. That's I beautiful. think, yeah, I think it can feel really scary as a parent because you want to have the right answers. You right. want to feel like you can just tell your kid, like, this is how it's going to work. This is how it's going to happen. And the reality is that we are just not that. We don't have that. We don't have all the answers. Yeah. And sometimes we forget we're human. <laughs> right. <laughs> and I'm not a parent right now, but mm-hmm. I see that a lot when I see parents try to come up with an answer to solve something to make it seem airtight and okay. But in reality, like, your student's going to be growing and going through life at their own pace and being introduced to new ideas and new worlds and and they're going to be excited about things. I think a gift is to be excited about it with them. Right. Um, and to recognize that life is about growing. Um, what would you say is encouraging about this generation? Hmm. I think, again, just looking at the students I have had in mm-hmm. the last five months, I see such an openness to each other that I just didn't feel or think was real when I was in high school. Hmm. I see students being very open to how their kids want to be. They don't try to force kids into molds. Hmm. Um, In fact, I see the mold forcing coming from parents in like a lot more. Like you need to be like this. You need Mm -hmm. to be like that. If you want to go to college, you got to do this. And I see when I see students interact with each other, they celebrate each other's uniqueness. And um, and I think that's really cool. And it is something really beautiful about recognizing that each of these kids have their own sort of story, that their own sort of walk in life. And and I honestly believe that this idea of having freedom in Christ is is God making us who we are supposed to be, Mm -hmm. Um, this freedom to be exactly who we are. And I, I think this generation does that better than at least my generation. I can't speak. It sounds very compassionate. Yeah. You know? Yeah. As opposed to, like you said, what you experienced or what I experienced as a student. Right. Um, and feeling like you have to fit into a mold. Like, it's encouraging to hear that they love one another for who they are. Yeah. That's awesome. And I only, you know, I have a small sample size yeah, <laughs> of what's sure. going on. Um, but so far, I have really 
been encouraged the way that these students treat each other and they get excited about each other. Um, and they come from different walks of life. And I think that's really cool. And I, I just, it makes, it inspires me in a way that I go, wow, okay, if this generation can be open-hearted in a way that I haven't seen before, what does that look like going forward? Like, who are the kind of leaders are they going to be? Mm-hmm. Are they going to bring us into a place where that is more of our ethos than fitting these molds that we've seen over and over and over again? And like I said, that I, I, I truly believe God has made us exactly who are we supposed to be and to find that freedom in Christ um, is a beautiful thing. And I think there's something really beautiful about having the space to grow into that person. Sure. Somewhere where they belong yeah. and feel accepted. Right. And whether that's, you know, at youth group or at school mm-hmm. or at home, just having the space to grow into that person is uh, amazing. Yeah. That's really awesome. So speaking of the Stonebridge uh, student community, what are some of your goals for the youth program this year? Yeah. Um <laughs> You know, it's it's been really fun trying to build uh, a culture for this program. Uh, and it's been interesting sort of seeing what works, seeing what doesn't work, and trying to get a sense of what students really feel connected with and what they are kind of like lukewarm on. Mm-hmm. Um, but I sort of use these like three guiding pillars for my ministry in general. The first is uh, care. These are not really like super high philosophical thoughts, no, but they, great. <laughs> but the first is care, and I really think yeah. that I, when a student comes to youth group, that they should feel cared for, whether it and by every leader. And right. like priority number one is every leader should care for these students, um, whether it's me or a volunteer leader, mm-hmm. and then cared for by the community in general. Uh, I think that I want a student to come in just knowing that they are loved. And that right. they don't need to be anyone else other than them to to receive that love. Mm-hmm. And so I want that to be a part of everything we do, whether it's a special event, a Bible study, a youth group, uh, you know, a retreat, that that is a focus that they feel cared for mm-hmm. mentally, spiritually, physically. I think also, uh, not think, I know, also <laughs> another one of my pillars is fun. I really think youth ministry should be a lot of fun. I really do not think people have fun that yeah, often. <laughs> I agree, Ryan. We all go to work and then we we shuttle home and we turn on some television and we just sort of like we think I think I do it too. I think yeah. I'm having fun. I don't really have that much fun. <laughs> you think you're just relaxing or, you know, taking it easy after a long day, but there's something different about um the joyful laughs coming from the youth room or from Stonebridge Kids, where right. kids are actually having fun. Yeah. It's yeah. different. It totally does. Mm-hmm. And like we played, the, we had this event we, I call night games, where we just played games at night all along, out in the, the campus. And these kids were just like sold out for it. They had so much fun just yeah. screaming and yelling. And I just forgot like just how great that feeling is. When you're just excited, when you're just with all your friends and you're you're just in it. You're just yes. in the moment and there's nothing else to think about. And I want students to feel that when they come here, that they can just have fun. They don't need to play into these roles of what is cool at school or what is right. um, what is the the current like cultural moment. But they can just come here and have fun. Yeah. Just be kids. There can be joy. Yeah. They yeah. don't need to be the problem solvers of the world. They can be a 13-year-old kid just trying to have some fun. Right. And lastly, and certainly not least, the the other pillar I have is formation. And I mean that both like spiritually and ethically. And I really think that 
part of the culture I want to build is that when we do our Bible lessons, our Bible studies, um, that kids are getting a really well-rounded, theologically solid uh, with biblical backgrounds and, and church history. This, this sort of this, this understanding of their faith that they can really play around in, mm-hmm. that they get the tools to understand God um, that just isn't just easy answers, but hard questions that they can pour themselves into and discover God in really cool ways or mm-hmm. to read the Bible more than just the words in front of them, but understand how does this text come together? Like who are the people behind it? Uh, and then also understand like that they are in a long line of Christian history. That mm-hmm. this tradition is thousands of years old, and we just get to hold it on for a little bit of time before we pass it on to the next generation. And what does that mean? How do you find yourself in something so long and so mm-hmm. wide? Um, and I always like to tell kids like you know whatever you think about God from the Christian perspective. You can look back in history and find like a saint, find a group of followers that had these ideas. And you can find yourself in this tradition. It's not as narrow as many people seem Mm. to think it is, um, especially right now. But you can see just how deep and wide this tradition is. And I think that's really exciting to give that gift to students and think about the ways that God has been understood and, and, and to find themselves firmly in this tradition and so to give students that those tools and to and a a way to understand their own faith that isn't just like this is what I was told at youth group right kind of answers that a lot of people have throughout their life but they go you know what this is the the investigative tools into my own faith that was given at youth group Mm. so that when I can move on from Stonebridge and I go to college when I move out or if I stay and see me and I can go into Stonebridge adult stuff like I have this tool set to investigate my faith in a way that's honest and authentic. What can we as uh, the Stonebridge congregation do to help support you and our students? You know, I think right now as we're just sort of building this culture, I didn't, (laughs) I realized I didn't mention any specific goals. Oh, that's okay. I think that was really great. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, one of these things that we're trying to do this summer specifically is this thing called Big Summer Fun. Mm-hmm. And then the idea of it is to just provide youth and families with just a bunch of opportunities to be involved. Yeah. And honestly, what's needed from the community in this space is resources and time and volunteers. Mm-hmm. Um, whether that's opening up your house for a pool party or a movie night or offering to be a driver when I take students to the beach or sure. come and volunteer in your time so that you can run like a booth at some game or or whatever we're doing at Stonebridge. Mm-hmm. That's at the end of the day, like what I need. Right. I, I need people to sort of buy into the vision I have, and then and and just you know it doesn't have. I already have great committed volunteer leaders. I had uh, with Mitch Seeley and and Andy Thompson and Scott Haney and my wife, Sarah. Um, <laughs> but, you know, just a little bit of time, an hour or so for an event or, a, a, you know, one day where you're just driving and chaperoning, like sure. can really make a difference in how we can present a, an event that goes, well, I can only take kids this far and I'm going to take 12 kids, but now I can take 30 kids because I have two other drivers and they're totally willing to just hang out at the beach all day. Right. Kind of thing. Right. And it's an amazing opportunity to get to know our students yeah. who are awesome. What are some of your favorite moments about being a youth director so far? One of my one of the one of the things that I just love about ministry in general, but especially in youth ministry, is just the wild conversations you're gonna have yeah. with <laughs> just the imaginative 
the, like, the imagination these kids have. Uh, it's just so fun. Um, and so I've had so many great small conversations just about understanding the world and their thoughts and, I, and, and ideas on stuff. And it's so cool just to get to sort of understand, like, their lives and, and see how they think about things. And um, we just went on a, on a beach hike this past weekend. That was super fun. And the best part of it was just having these conversations along the hike or on, on, in the car ride and just getting to know them. And and they're funny. Like, they're super funny. And they uh, have great observations about the world. Mm-hmm. And it's just a good time. I really enjoyed that. But um, I've also just really enjoyed getting to just uh, have some great sort of theological questions and conversations too with students asking mm-hmm. sort of thoughtful questions about what I'm teaching. And what's cool about that is it becomes a dialogue and we can engage and we can think through these ideas. Um, and I want students to feel that freedom and not just feel like they're just absorbing information, but we can have this sort of dialogue that I can mm-hmm. learn from them too. Right. Um, so that's those, that those conversations, both the fun ones and the theological ones have been really great so far. So are there any resources that you would like to recommend for parents of middle school and high schoolers? The first thing that came to my mind was a good study Bible. Hmm. And I highly recommend, and I actually, I only recommend (laughs) getting in either in HarperCollins NRSV study Bible or the new Oxford NRSV study Bible. And the reason why I recommend those two uh, specific ones is that that is that? I mean, that's what I've been using in in seminary, and uh, and that's in the NRSV version is what we use at church. Um, but th- that provides an amazing commentary at the bottom. That's or that's an, it's more of an annotation. They're not really like super uh, long thought out paragraphs, but they will give great sort of insight into what the text is doing. And it's not above, you know, a sixth grade level. Like it, it's mm. it's understandable for anyone to sort of get into. And what's really cool about these these Bibles is they also have intros that are essays that give you a sense of what the like the scholarly look at these texts are. Mm. That might not be interesting to everyone in the world. It's super interesting to me. <laughs> um, but why, the reason why I recommend that is because so many people want to get a better understanding. Like if they're reading the Gospel of Matthew, right? That's what we're going through at Stonebridge right now. Um, is this the you want to get a sense of how did this text come together like who is its author what what are who's the target audience mm-hmm. and sometimes that really helps frame what you're reading and what you're looking at absolutely and, um sure you can go buy a commentary set it's going to cost you thousands of dollars and it's going to bore you to death <laughs> or you can get this study bible that just gives a just a little bit of a glimpse just a better understanding, more well-rounded understanding mm-hmm. um, in a version that is trying to get as close to the ancient Greek and ancient Hebrew language as possible. So that's one resource that if you're going to buy a Bible, buy the giant study Bible NRSV versions with either HarperCollins or New Oxford. I'm going to ask you one final question. Okay. What can our prayer be for Stonebridge students? Ooh. I think right now um, – I, my, the prayer I'd want for these students is to uh, really grow in community with one another. Mm. We, most of their lives have been online for yeah. the last two years. They just haven't really had, they've had the online community. I don't want to dismiss that in any way. I think that that is real and helpful for a lot of people. But they haven't really been in the same space with each other. And so there's, this summer is sort of, that's one of my big focuses is like, how do we gel 
as a group? How do we actually get to be invested in one another's lives and know each other and be excited to see each other? Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, if our prayer could be for these students to come to a place where this community becomes a home for them, that they feel at home with each other, that they feel that they can trust each other, trust the leaders, um, and in that way, experience God and through each other's lives and through each other's um, sort of uh, community. Well, thank you so much, Ryan. I really enjoyed this time with you. Me too. And um, if you see Ryan on campus, be sure to say hi. And and, uh, if you're able to, volunteer your time with our youth group this summer. Sweet. Thanks, Stephanie. Thank you. you.